Hello and welcome to the weekly VM Campos Comic Book Club. I'm your host, VM Campos. This is the podcast where I review a comic book, new or old, from my collection and rate it on the factors of the cover art, interior art, plot, and enjoyability of the book on a scale of 1 to 5. For the video version of the podcast, head on over to my YouTube, youtube.com slash vmcompos, to actually see the comic I'm reviewing. This week I'm reviewing Felicia Hardy, the Black Cat number 1 of 4 limited series, published by Marvel Comics in 1994. Right, so a little bit of background information first, as always. This is a Marvel comic straight from the 90s, so you're going to see some amazing vintage ads. Has it really been almost 30 years since the debut of this comic? Wow, time flies when you're enjoying comic books. So Felicia Hardy, also known as the Black Cat, is this great character, this villain, and I guess nowadays anti-hero, uh, that is part of Spider-Man's rogues gallery. It's really interesting to think about how Spider-Man has all of these animal-themed characters. Dr. Octopus, the Vulture, the Black Cat, the Carnage. You know, all of that mythology of Spider-Man is just amazing. And Spider-Man is my favorite character, my favorite superhero character. Uh, Black Cat is my favorite villain character in the world of Marvel Comics. I've even got her first appearance. I've done a video about her first issue, Amazing Spider-Man 194. So go check out that other video that I uh, that I did where I reviewed her first issue and some background about her. Now that was in 1978. And so through all of the years, Black Cat has had this on-again, off-again relationship with Spider-Man, but not Peter Parker. She didn't like that nerd. She fell in love with the skyscraper swinging Spider-Man. And so that was an interesting storyline in the, in the 80s. They were kind of going to be a duo together fighting crime, but she could just never turn over a new leaf. And she was in the comic books here and there in various storylines throughout the 80s. And then finally in the 90s, 1994, she got her own comic book. It's a limited series. It's only four issues published in 1994. And it's really interesting to look back on it because, spoiler alert, I didn't really enjoy this issue or the whole four-issue series, unfortunately. Looking at it. 30 years later. Maybe back in the day I would have loved it, but with today's eyes, I really didn't. And that's because the very high bar of the Jed McKay run of Black Cat comics is just unsurpassed. Jed McKay created a two-year-long story that gave so much more nuance to Felicia Hardy, her Black Cat exploits, so many characters and plot lines intersecting, and it was this amazing two-year story that's still kind of going on, on and off in the recent Black Cat titles, Black Cat and Mary Jane, for example. So that's such a high bar that, unfortunately, this comic just cannot reach it. And it really is a creaky old comic from the 90s. You can see, or we'll see together, the tropes of 90s comics, especially the big two, Marvel publisher, at the time, but there's still plenty to enjoy as an artifact of the time. That was a little bit of background info, so let's get on with the main review. Cover art. All right, classic, for better or for worse, 90s cover. The background is incredibly simple. It's just a little gradient, orange to less orange. We got speed lines, the American version of the classic Japanese manga style. But that's kind of disappointing that there's no real good background. Okay, so we got to focus on Black Cat herself. Andrew Wildman and Stephen Baskerville 
do the cover, and the main focus, of course, is the black cat herself. Just this action pose coming at you. Anatomy's pretty good for the character. It's got to be. It's on the cover. This sells the book. Just a classic action pose. Now, here's a 90s trope. Um, what, where are her pupils? So this is following the uh, Rob Liefeld example of uh, who, who needs pupils? And, you know, it worked for him in his various books. Here, um, I'm, I don't know if I really love that, that it's got that trope, that style of no pupils, and then a big mouth screaming. And, of course, we got the excess of hatching and cross-hatching in addition to the coloring. So, so what else? So we've got fabulous first issue guest starring the amazing Spider-Man. Spider-Man would cameo in so many people's books back in the day, and I guess even though nowadays, because he's... Marvel's most famous single character. So, of course, you got to have Spider-Man and a character that debuted in Spider-Man. You've got in the corner box, actually kind of cool. Um, I loved it when they would put little art in the corner box. They do that a lot less nowadays for some reason. But it's just Black Cat crouching there, ready to strike. I like that. I also like the old Marvel logo. Bring that one back. You know what? If I ever get a tattoo, I'd probably get that classic Marvel logo on my shoulder. Now, lastly, about the cover in my copy... It's a newsstand edition. I had the direct edition and it's printed on it. Direct edition. There's a newsstand edition. So technically slightly more rare, technically slightly more valuable than the direct edition because they're more rare. So if I had this as a CGC 9.8, maybe it'd be worth a few bucks, but it's just not a valuable book at all nowadays. Lots of them were printed back in the day. They're all in great condition, basically. So value-wise, it's not a valuable book. Story-wise and the like, we'll get to that. So cover, I'll give this a four out of five. The anatomy of the character is nice, the pose is nice, but it's just such a simple background, and I'm not loving some of the 90s conventions of the cross-hatching no pupils, screaming mouth, and the like. Oh, one thing, actually, uh, this logo. So this is the first uh, Black Cat logo, which is still being used today, 30 years later, in the Jed McKay run. So that's cool. It stood the test of time. It's cool. And overall, it contributes to the cover. Interior art. Okay, so we get a full page splash setting the scene and then we get the double page splash So it's definitely following the Jack Kirby style of storytelling which the image boys also borrowed Something to catch your attention and then something to catch more of your attention This is a pretty cool splash page I wouldn't mind having the original art of this and it really sets the scene again it's a Dutch angle nice environment good anatomy on the character I like this little bit right here where the sort of the fog of the city is fading away the buildings uh, silhouette by the moon perhaps a halo effect nice black hat pose however if you look at it carefully one foot is on the building and the other foot is not and I don't care how strong your legs are, you're not going to be able to maintain yourself on the building like this unless you're Spider-Man. And at this time, I don't think the Black Hat had Spider-Man powers. We've also got an angsty expression, so that's another kind of strike of things. Uh, coloring is pretty good. Um, I think, however, the uh, the light source uh, could be improved a little bit. Some rim highlights and, and such, but there's a little bit of room for improvement here and there. Great action pose here. That's where the black hat was. Oh, well, then if we look back here, okay, so this is how things were. It looks like she's on the top of a tall building at the edge of the building. Uh, but no, she was just right there. So, okay, interesting staging. We have Cardiac, one of these uh, characters from uh, Spider-Man in the 90s that no one remembers anymore. We've got the action, jumping. Page layout is pretty good overall. This is an interesting overhead shot that they don't do at all anymore in the series. They've got the speed lines. Some of these borders that are just so energetic because there's just so much action going on. Speed lines everywhere. Uh, explosions. So 
interior art is good. It really feels like a pedestrian, play it safe 90s title. It has some flourishes, maybe of the image style, if you, even if you don't like it, it definitely defined the time. I don't love that everyone is so angry and angsty most of the time. So when we do see different expressions here and there, they are enjoyable, they are appreciated, but everyone's pretty much scowling all the time, open mouth all the time. Uh, I love the sequence of panels here. This guy, this guy, this guy. And so Savilicia's civilian clothing, this is funny, it's a mixture of 90s plus 80s stuff because oftentimes it feels that uh, the artists are a little bit behind the times. Um, Fashion-wise, they can make some really cool costumes of fantastical characters, but fashion-wise of the real world, sometimes they miss the spot. So we get a little bit of scenes of domesticity there. Uh, here's sort of that, you know, the Todd McFarlane big character pose taking up a large portion of the page. So interior art is good. I'll say a four and a half out of five. It's very utilitarian in many parts, but there's enough flourishes that stand out that make me enjoy it. Variety of scenery, panel layouts, anatomy is good overall. Expressions uh, rely too much on tropes, but when they're different, they're different and they stand out. All right, plot. As I've been bouncing back and forth through the various pages, you might be able to pick it up here and there. So there's some action at the beginning. Cardiac is gonna destroy this uh, corporation, but Spider-Man and Black Cat are like, hey, that's not the right way to do it. So they get into a little tussle here and there. There's a back and forth after the action with Cardiac, and Cardiac swears that he will get the Black Cat. He'll get revenge. Um, there's a little bit of drama with Spider-Man and Black Cat. Spider-Man's going through a lot of stuff at the moment there, so he's not in a great talking mood. Um, this is kind of weird and funny. She's kind of on the rooftop talking or thinking to herself for a moment, and then suddenly a guy appears right behind her. But, you know, she, she takes him out, and she talks to this guy, Paul Proust. And basically wants to hire her to get Project Chimera or something like that at some facility. At the same time, some guy wakes up from being half dead. There's some drama with uh, Mary Jane and a really disheveled Peter Parker. Felicia recently broke up with Flash Thompson. They were dating for a little while. She likes the athletic types. And then her main adventure begins where she has to go find information. She gets onto a boat. Now, did I mention earlier, spoiler alert, I'm going to be showing the various pages of this book. Whoops, if I didn't mention that before, I will be showing the various pages of this book, such as the amazing final page reveal with Phase, this guy that can phase through walls. And he has to really explain himself here. Freeze, cat, you're on private property. And Cobalt didn't hire Phase and his mechabytes to let trespassers run free. Whoa, some guy phasing through the wall. Some days it just doesn't pay to be me. To be continued. And those mechabytes right there, hilarious. So this character appears in the next issue and then nowhere else ever in the Marvel continuity. I don't know. This is definitely a throwaway character, but I really want those mechabytes to come back. Hilarious. There's some tech stuff happening in the book. She's kind of a tech genius in this series, which is pretty cool. And that's the plot. She's got to infiltrate this and that and steal this and that and do work for this and that person. And then Cardiac's on her tail. Spider-Man pops up here and there. There's some inner monologues and the like. Again, the recent Jed McKay works are way better fleshing out her character, her motivations, her angst, her joy in being the Black Cat and the like. And this just doesn't reach that level. And even after reading the, all the four issues, I'm still left 
disappointed overall about the very first Black Cat series. Could have been so much more, but I've got that high bar of the recent issues that it really colors me. So I'm going to give this a four out of five. It's some 90s stuff. You had to be there. When I read this back in the day, it was amazing because the Black Cat had her own series and such, and I could excuse all of its issues. But nowadays, with a much more discerning eye, it's a little bit less to excuse them all. So enjoyability. Um, I'm going to jump down to a 3.75 enjoyability for the book. There's some cool art here and there. The plot is not that great. You know what? Actually, the plot, I'm going to bring that down to a three and a half. Um, art, good overall, pedestrian. But what's also kind of cool about enjoying an actual comic instead of the digital version or the collections is you've got the ads. Look at this. Advertising the brand new movie coming soon, The Lion King, coming soon to theaters everywhere. That's an amazing bit of art there for the Lion King. So that's cool. And again, as I browsed the book and we have these various ads, I remember this ad here, the Star Trek Next Generation, amazing series, of course. Uh, video games were not that good, but you could report to the bridge your face here. That's so fun. And so we'll take a quick look at the ads. Here we've got a double page ad for Pizza Hut. If you like our pizza, you'll love our heroes. That doesn't make sense. Marvel, Pizza Hut, it's, they're different, but I guess they got a partnership. Who cares? And then you can get the kids pizza pack for $2.99. Amazing. And then the real heroes, this is where they would print your name in the comic book. The thing has to help rescue you. You're, act you're actually in the comic. Go look them up on eBay. They're worth big bucks because they're kind of rare. And then if you find one with actually having your name on it, that's amazing. These cups are pretty cool. Beavis and Butthead was de jour at the time, even de facto. And they had their own cards, of course. Everyone had cards at the time. So we have Beavis and Butthead cards. 150 of them. The classic uh, comics sales uh, page that listed so many books. How about these for $20? Cyber Force number one, including the coupon. Darker Image number one, the platinum cover. Death Make Black. Eternal Warrior number four. Harbinger number six. Magnus number five with the coupon. Rye number zero and the max one half. Twenty dollars. We're rich. This amazing two-page ad for Subterranea. This Genesis game. I always loved the ad, but I didn't have a Genesis. I was a Nintendo boy, so I never played this game at all. But it looks amazing, doesn't it? This is fun. The bullpen bulletins fun page. I'll let you pause it right here and see if you can do this crossword puzzle. I got them all except one, but then I reasoned it out and then I figured out what it was. So anyway, uh, screenshot that and see if you can do that crossword puzzle if you're a true Marveloid. Just some other fun things here. Now, this is this is what I like kind of seeing behind the scenes sometimes. Let's get a close-up here. This is sort of the mock-up of the Black Hat uh, cover, the one that we're, that we're seeing here, but you're seeing the difference that, you know, the Direct Edition had Direct Edition. There's also a coloring mistake right here. Notice how her outfit is all completely black, but it's supposed to have a little bit of skin showing here. So that's a mistake in the colorization. But that kind of would have been interesting if it was a complete uh, covered up bodysuit like that. And did you also notice, because it is the 90s, she's got a spiked collar. Amazing. Check out what other books are on sale at the same time there. Pause it. Read it for yourself. And after the shock of the introduction of Phase, we then have some final things over here. Um, get some subscriptions. Look at those prices back then. Alec Baldwin is the shadow. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? There's some amazing, a.k.a. terrible CGI graphics 
in this movie. You got to check it out. This is a classic character that actually predates the first superheroes. And lastly, at the end, Crunch and Munch. Amazing. So enjoyability, five out of five. And that was the latest episode of the podcast. What did you think about this 90s goodness? Did you read this comic back in the day? Are you raring to read it nowadays, 30 years later? Are you going to get it or shred it? Tell me about it in the comments. And don't forget to check out the video version of the podcast over on YouTube, youtube.com slash vmcampos. Give it a like, comment, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. And if you really like my podcast, consider pledging over on the Patreon, patreon.com slash vmcampos. Pledge for a dollar a month to keep the podcast going, to keep it funded, to be a part of it. I would really appreciate it. And it's so affordable. So this has been the weekly VM Campos Comic Book Club, and I'll see you next week.